Life Spring number 162, A Heart to Heart. Yes, I'm still alive. The virus didn't take me. <laughs> hey, so how you doing? It's really good to see you. It really is. It's good to be seen, and it's good to be heard, and it's good to have you hear me, and it's good to know you there, that you're there. Um, welcome to LifeSpring. Thank you, really, for hanging in there. It's been exactly a month since the last show. That's the longest that we've ever gone between LifeSpring shows, and as many of you know, um, I was sick for a few of those last uh, few weeks with um, this really nasty virus that's going around. I could barely speak four words without breaking out into this really disgusting sounding cough. Um, I did do some of the uh, at the altar shows because they're pretty short, but I had to do some really heavy editing even on those. There was just no way I could do a half hour to an hour uh, of this show, the Live Spring show. But I'm back now, and I want to explain the other reason that it's been so long since the last show. There's really two reasons. I'll get to that in a second, but I want to let you know that after this next little discussion, I have some of the good and fun content that you've come to expect on the LifeSpring show, so hang in there for that, would you? But first, we need to talk. We need to have a heart-to-heart. This is a conversation that I've been thinking about for a long time, but didn't quite know how to broach. And by the way, I'm talking right now primarily to those of you who have been with me for a while. If this is your first time listening to the show, or if you're new and you're still just checking out the LifeSpring family, then you're welcome to listen, of course, but you're not who I'm mainly addressing myself to right now. What you're going to hear today is not what the normal LifeSpring show is, except for at the end, and like I said, I will have some fun and and some good content on the other end of the show as well. So if you don't want to listen to this part, that's fine. You can fast forward. But for those of you guys that have listened for a long time, You know the circumstances that brought the LifeSpring show into existence, how God called me to do this by waking me up at 2.30 in the morning while on a Cub Scout camping trip with my youngest son, Timothy. This was in the very dawning days of podcasting, way back in 2004. There were no other Christian podcasts around at all, except for about four or five that were repurposed church sermons. Nobody else was producing a Christian podcast from the ground up as a podcast like this is. I believe that God called me to be the very first Christian podcaster. Uh, why? I don't know. I, I really don't know why, other than he found in me a heart that was willing to do whatever he asked. I say this humbly, not to blow my own horn at all, but... I've told you before about the conversation that I had with God just a week or so before this morning that we're talking about, where I asked God what he wanted me to do, that he had been so good to me and so gracious in giving me a new life, forgiving my sins, and I told him I just wanted to do more for him. Was there anything that he wanted me to do? So I really think that's why he he brought this idea for podcasting to me, because at the right time I said, God, what what do you want me to do? 
And if you want to know the whole story, you can listen to it at uh, lifespringmedia.com. And there's a link in the sidebar there. So I'm not going to go to the whole story. But anyway, I started the Lifespring podcast on November 13th, 2004. And since then, it's grown to, I think, 12 different shows, each with a different emphasis. Uh, Four of the 12 shows are not shows that I host, as you know. Uh, Two of my boys do their own music shows on a very sporadic basis. I basically just polish those shows up a little once they record them, and then I upload them for your listening pleasure. The lovely Lady Leanne, my wife, does her wedding show, which hasn't been done in several months for a reason that we'll talk about in a couple of minutes. And then the last of the four in the Lifespring family that I don't host is my brother-in-law's show called A Wing and a Prayer. Now, Steve O'Brien records his thoughts, and then I produce the show for him. I put music in, getting his levels right, and the whole package. Steve hasn't done one of those in quite a long time because of his new responsibility as senior pastor at our church. But those are the shows um, that I don't produce myself. Most of the shows that I do host are, well, I should have said that I don't host myself. Most of the shows that I do host are Bible-centered shows, as you know. This is the Lifespring show, uh, of course, and then there's In Touch with God's Character, where I take one of the attributes of God to do about a three- to four-minute devotional-type show. There's Lifespring Hymn Stories, which gives the background of some of Christianity's best-loved hymns. Um, The newest show is At the Altar, where we pray together for the needs of listeners who send in prayer requests. There's Lifespring Sunday, um, which is where I share with you the sermons from my church. On those, of course, I just do an intro and an outro. Um, There's the Christmas show that I do with my friend James Cooper, who's in the UK. We share duties on that show. He writes about 99.5% of the show, and I produce it. Um, We we both voice it, of course, but I, I put the whole thing together and produce it after he's written it. Then there is what I consider to be the most important show in the entire Lifespring family, and that is the Lifespring Family Bible, which, as you know, I did last year. We took almost the entire year to read through the whole Bible. We averaged um, 88 verses a day, and there's 350 episodes of that. All told, there are somewhere around 900 to 1,000 episodes that we've put out since the uh, Lifespring Family began in November of 2004. Okay, so there's that. Those of you that have been with me from the early days will remember that I used to be with a Godcast network. Craig Patchett, who has become a good and trusted friend, uh, and who um, whom I still count as a close brother in the Lord. I just saw him last night uh, at, at the meetup for the Orange County Podcasters. Well, Craig created the Godcast network, which was the very first network in podcasting, And he asked me to be a part of it in about December of 2004. And I was with Craig with the Godcast Network for about a year. One of Craig's visions for the Godcast Network was that there would be no advertising on the network and no appeals for money. His focus for the network was for people who are not yet believers. Uh, Some people call them seekers or non-believers or as they're referred to in a book that I'm reading right now, a great book, a fantastic book that I think you should read that's called Unchristian. In that book, non-believers are called outsiders, and they, they felt that that term was the least objectionable to people who are not Christians. But Craig's thought was that outsiders have heard televangelists beg and plead and cajole for money way too often, 
And Craig didn't want people to in any way have the idea that that was what the Godcast Network was about, nor is it what authentic Christianity is about. And I agree with that. Some televangelists embarrass me, to say the least. And more often than not, they anger me with their methods and their extravagant lifestyles. I believe that they will have some splaining to do when they stand before the Lord. I really do. But you have also heard me say that I really need to begin to replace my day job income. You know I do windshield repair and that this old body, which is becoming more and more arthritis-ridden, will not always be able to do that work. I've lately told you that uh, a business is that that my business has been slowing, and that's because most of our business comes from car dealerships. Probably ninety-five to ninety-eight percent of our business is from car dealerships. I don't know if you've been paying attention to the news relating to car sales, but those guys are hurting, and they're hurting badly. Car sales are down dramatically. There there are several in my area who have already closed or are just barely hanging on. And these are the guys that we rely on for our livelihood. And they're going away. But I'm getting ahead of myself. A little over two years ago, I had a conversation with Adam Curry the, of the Podshow Network, uh, just as they were announcing the launch of Podshow.com. To make a long story short, I signed with those guys for two reasons. One was that I wanted to be a light for Jesus there. I wanted to try to share his love not just with the people who came to podshow.com to hear podcasts, but with the people at Podshow, including Adam Curry. The other reason for signing with them was to try to begin to earn some income, working toward replacing my windshield repair income. As you may remember, I did a show while I was in the decision-making process, asking you if you would mind having ads in the show. Your support was overwhelmingly positive with just a couple of people saying I would rather not hear ads. The vast majority of you said, Steve, if that will help you to get to where you can quit your day job, then fine. Go ahead and do it. We don't mind. And I so much appreciated that. Well, going with Podshow has really been a mixed bag. They've allowed me to bring all these new shows out since the hosting of the files are free and... um, They brought a few advertisers along in the first year. Of course, one of those advertisers was GoDaddy. At the time, I was thrilled because I had been a GoDaddy customer for years. And I thought that the owner of GoDaddy, Bob Parsons, was a Christian since he had been the owner of one of the very first Christian software companies. And they even had a Bible software program, which I still have on my computer to this very day. The name of the company was Parsons Technologies. So I was happy to talk to you about GoDaddy. But then came the Super Bowl ads, and I saw an entirely new side to Bob Parsons. In my opinion, um, it was a very cynical, Christian-bashing side who, again, in my mind, mocked those of us who expressed displeasure at the near-pornographic nature of those Super Bowl ads that GoDaddy does. You will remember that I came on this show and called him out on his ads and told you that I would no longer accept GoDaddy's ads on any LifeSpring show. I told Pod Show that I didn't want the GoDaddy announcements running either before or after my shows, 
and after some major issues with them on implementing my request, you haven't heard mention of that name on my shows until today, right now. I believe I did the right thing, but it was very costly in a monetary sense. Podshow has not brought me one new advertiser since then, not one. Some of you are probably saying, what about AMD, Steve? They were after GoDaddy. Well, here's how that worked. AMD came to me personally because one of you, one of the listeners, worked for AMD and had the power to make it happen. It had nothing at all to do with Podshow. It was all about this friend of mine at AMD wanting to support this show as long as as it was also good for AMD. They, of course, had to see a return on their investment. So, now comes the most hurtful episode in my relationship with Podshow. You will remember the campaign they ran last year, asking people to help Podshow improve. The, and I'll ask you to forgive me for saying it, the Suckless campaign. Remember that? Podshow ran some of the most objectionable and no-taste ads in the history of podcasting, in my opinion, and they ran them on the Lifespring shows and the Bible reading shows. And these idiotic ads began at almost the same time as the AMD spots began. Guys, those horrible pod show spots caused nearly half of the listeners to go away. Almost overnight, the numbers of downloads were cut almost in half. At the same time as AMD put their very first podcasting ad campaign on these shows. Well, needless to say, the results they got were less than they had hoped for. I felt so bad about it that I gave them an extra month of ads to try to make up for Podshow's lack of good judgment. Now, full disclosure here. I do still get a small check from Podshow. The dollars I get are partly based on download numbers, and they're partly based on, are you ready? GoDaddy ads that ran before and are still causing some people to use my GoDaddy discount codes when they buy products that I recommended way back then. People are still downloading from the archives and listening to the older shows. So man, what a double-edged sword that long tail can be, can't it? It's a great selling point to potential advertisers, but I wish that I could go back and delete the ads. But I can't do that. That's not the way it works. So, let's get to today. Podshow doesn't seem to be making any effort to bring advertisers to the shows. Communication with them has been lacking, to say the least. I submitted a list of companies not long ago, just a few weeks ago, that I thought would be a great fit. And I have not heard a word back from them. Even after I made some attempts to the sales guy that said, basically, hey, what do you think of the list? I got no reply. Zip. Nothing. Crickets. So, there's that. So, my business is in a down market, and it's causing both Leanne and I to work longer hours to keep food on the table. I need to stop for a second here and give some praise to this woman who God gave me to be my wife and my helper. From the very beginning, when I first told her about God calling me to do this show, she has been 100% behind me, to the point where, for over a year now, she has given me three days a week to do only podcasting. 
And remember, the podcasting is making virtually no money. The monthly pod show check is less than we make on a mediocre day in our business. Okay? <laughs> Leanna's given me the days to do this ministry. We go out together on Thursdays and Fridays, but Monday through Wednesdays have been my podcasting days until recently. And that's one of the big reasons you've seen less shows in the last few months. We've had to try to make a living. So I've been working with her in the family business. And like I said, that virus that I'm just now over stopped uh, most all of my activities during the last three weeks. So anyway, what's the reason for this long look at history? Well, I've decided to share this with you because, well, my heart's desire is to produce shows that proclaim the message of hope, love, and good news Shows that point people to the one who loves them unconditionally and who gave his life for them. I want people to be encouraged to have a life-changing walk with Jesus. And I want to ask you for your support in doing that. On one hand, I'm a bit embarrassed. No, I'm, I'm really embarrassed to do this because I feel really weird asking you for money. But on the other hand, and please forgive me if I'm wrong, I think that what I'm doing here is a bit like when Jesus sent out the Twelve. He gave them instructions for ministry, and then he told them not to take any money or provisions with them because, quote, a worker is worthy of his food, unquote. That's from, the I think, the New King James. In other words, the people to whom they were to minister to would provide for their needs, Jesus was saying that it was okay for people who are doing ministry to ask for, and even, this is the embarrassing part for me, to anticipate support. Now, please, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying in any way that I want you to send the money that you're currently giving to your local church. I, I would not do that. They depend on your faithful support. And I expect that you're getting most of your spiritual food there. And it's right for them to expect you to support them. But If you feel like you have received something from the LifeSpring shows over the years, would you please prayerfully consider supporting my family and I? I'm not going to give you any suggestions at all as to how much. I trust God to tell you that number. I've got to be honest with you, as I've always tried to be, I'm still trying to figure this out. Um, It's... it's, Very awkward for me to do this. Some podcasters have recently begun offering premium shows. You know, pay me this much and I'll make extra shows just for you. You know, for the subscribers, for those that are paying the premium fee. Well, I thought about that, but it doesn't feel right for me, not for the sort of content that I do. I mean, I don't have a problem with somebody who's doing an entertainment or, you know, an informational show charging But I wouldn't feel right saying, pay me money and I'll do a Bible study show for you or something like that. I just just wouldn't feel right selling ministry to you. It it just seems odd to me. It doesn't, I I don't have a piece about that. But I will say this. If you will support me, you you will see a more regular schedule of the shows. As I said, the shows have slowed down recently because... Leanne has needed me to go to work with her in our family business. If I get support from you, I'll be able to concentrate on the ministry more because I can supplement the business income and I can justify the time away from the business. 
Something else I'll guarantee is this. If your support is there, I will not accept any advertising. A podcast, if they come along, and I keep getting you know uh, messages here and there from Podcho saying, "Oh, it's coming, it's coming." Well, they've been they've been saying that for ever since GoDaddy went away. So, for what that's worth, um, a podcasting friend of mine, Dan Class of the Bitterest Pill, said recently, "I don't want to sell my audience to advertisers. I don't want to sell my audience to advertisers." And that really resonated with me when he said that. If you support me, it'll be just you and me, period. No business needs to take place here. No ads, nothing like that. Another thing I'll do is this. I will form a nonprofit corporation so that your donations can be tax deductible. I know I said no business, but for some people, this is important. I've looked into it. And there are costs involved to the tune of a couple hundred dollars, which is why I haven't done it thus far. But if you will partner with me, I will get that done and you'll be able to take a tax deduction on what you donate to the LifeSpring media um, ministry. So there you have it. James chapter four says, you do not have because you do not ask. Well, guys, I'm asking. I need your faithful monthly support for this to work. Now, if you're asking about the other business that you heard me talk about on the At The Altar show, that's a good question. I've been working on it, and everybody that I've spoken to about the business has said, oh, that's a great idea, but nobody has been willing to pull the trigger. No one has, no one has signed the dotted line and cut a check. And, you know, I'm trying to figure out, is that because God really, you know, wants me to do this? Or or what? I'm kind of relying on the response that I get from you guys to be an indicator to me of, of what God's will is. Now, what prompted me to finally do this show today and just pour my heart out to you is that this morning I went out to make some sales calls with the results that I just told you about. And I had to come home for a few minutes to take care of something here in the office. And as soon as I sat down at the desk, an email came in from someone that wrote to me early last year about the Bible show. Listen to this. She said, does LifeSpring mail out a daily devotional to emails? I'm going through a very hard time, and although I get a devotional each evening, it's very short. So since you're on my Gmail list, I thought I would ask. Wow. Was the timing of this a coincidence? When I sat down, the email came in. I mean, it was almost <laughs> almost simultaneous. So what I did is I immediately prayed for her, and I typed my prayer in a reply email. I typed out the prayer that I prayed for her. And then I told her that I don't send out an email devotional, but I gave her some encouraging words, and I shared uh, one of my favorite scriptures, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven where it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So I sent that off to her. A while later, she sent another email. And part of what it said was this. She said, Thank you for your quick, for, thank you for your quick reply. Your prayer really blessed me. 
I instantly felt that tingle that I recognize when I feel close to the Lord. It's been a while since I felt that. I'm currently on the LifeSpring site, and I realize that there's a great resource here that I've been neglecting. I've decided that I need to fill my waking hours with Jesus, His Word, and the sounds of His people. Failing that, I should be at the keyboard in my own place of worship. I used to spend daily time playing, singing new songs, or free worship. I'm not sure what the buzzword is for it, but it springs from the depth of my being and goes straight to the heart of the Father. I've been neglecting it because I am almost always in tears while so close to His presence, and my days have been filled with sadness and tears of a different sort since last summer. And then she went on to tell me some very heartbreaking events in her life over the past several months. Guys, I have to say that this email reduced me to tears. I love being a resource for hurting hearts, and that's what I want to do. I can't always respond that quickly to emails, of course, but I want to be able to devote my life to serving God by serving you. That truly is where my heart is. So now it's in your hands. I've laid my heart's desire out there for all to see. I've put some donate buttons on the newly designed LifeSpring Media landing page at LifespringMedia.com. You can make a one-time donation of any amount, or you can sign up for a monthly donation, and there are varying amounts to choose from. Would you please pray about this and do what God is leading you to do? I know you'll be blessed if you follow his leading. And that's true in, in every area of life. It's not just this. It's not finances. It's whenever God asks you to do something, if you do it, he will bless you. Right now, I do want to acknowledge a couple of supporters of the show that many, many months ago decided to give support as they were able. They, knew, they know who they are. And I just want to say how very much they are appreciated. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Okay, so thank you for hanging in there and allowing me to have this heart-to-heart with you. Now, in the few minutes that remain, I'd like to share just a couple of thoughts with you to encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. David Siemens ends his book, Healing Grace, with this story. I thought it was great, and it's, well, we'll talk about it when I'm done reading it here for you. It goes, For more than 600 years, the Habsburgs exercised political power in Europe. When Emperor Franz Josef I of Austria died in 1916, his was the last of the extravagant imperial funerals. A processional of dignitaries and elegantly dressed court personages escorted the coffin draped in the black and gold imperial colors. To the accompaniment of a military band's somber dirges and by the light of torches, the cortege descended the stairs of the Capuchin Monastery in Vienna. At the bottom was a great iron door leading to the Habsburg family crypt. Behind the door was the Cardinal Archbishop of Vienna. The officer in charge followed the prescribed ceremony established centuries before. Open, he cried. Who goes there, responded the cardinal. We bear the remains of his imperial and apostolic majesty, Franz Josef I, by the grace of God Emperor of Austria, 
King of Hungary, Defender of the Faith, Prince of Bohemia Moravia, Grand Duke of Lombardy, Venezia, Sturgia, and the officer continued to list the emperor's 37 titles. The cardinal said, We know him not. Who goes there? The officer spoke again, this time using a much abbreviated and less ostentatious title reserved for times of expediency. We know him not, the cardinal said again. Who goes there? The officer tried a third time, stripping the emperor of all but the humblest of titles. We bear the body of Franz Josef, our brother, a sinner like us all. At that, the doors swung open and Franz Josef was admitted. In death, all are reduced to the same level. Neither wealth nor fame can open the way of salvation, but only God's grace given to those who will humbly acknowledge their need. Did you get that last statement that they used for Franz Josef? We bear the body of Franz Josef, our brother, a sinner like us all. You know, in the last few days, there's been a lot of talk about the now former governor of New York, Elliot Spitzer. He had to resign, as you probably know very well, because of some very, very bad behavior, to say the least, over the last several years. And everybody's saying what a bad guy he is, and everybody's saying how horrible it is, and on and on and on. And he's had to resign in shame. And probably rightly so. But the thing I want to bring to your attention is that Elliot Spitzer is no worse a sinner than anybody else. I'm not saying that we've all gone out and done the things that he did. But I am saying that all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us are sinners. Every one of us needs the saving grace of Jesus Christ. All of us have only one hope to reach the Father. Jesus said, I am that way. I am the truth and I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Elliot Spitzer can't earn his own way. Steve Webb can't earn his own way. And you can't earn your own way. Am I excusing Elliot Spitzer's behavior? Not at all. Of course not. But am I going to point a finger at, at him and say what a horrible guy he is? No, not at all. Will I pray for him? Absolutely. But it's a little bit like Jesus said when those religious hypocrites wanted to stone the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. He that is without sin, let him throw the first stone. Sorry, guys, but I don't know anybody that's without sin except for Jesus. So let's be careful when we cast dispersions and let's not think too highly of ourselves either. Now, here's some fun information for you. I got an email the other day, and it said, Do you realize how early Easter is this year? It's on Sunday, March 23rd. Now, Easter is always the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox, which is March 20th. This dating of Easter is based on the lunar calendar that Hebrew people use to identify Passover, which is why it moves around on our Roman calendar. Here's a couple of things you might be interested in. Based on this information of the scheduling of Easter, Easter can actually be one day earlier, which is March 22nd, but that's pretty rare. Here's the interesting info. 
This year is the earliest Easter any of us will ever see the rest of our lives. And only the most elderly of our population have ever seen it this early because it was 95 years ago. (laughs) None of us have ever or will ever see it a day earlier. Here are the facts. The next time Easter will be this early, which is March 23rd this year, will be the year 2160 or 152 years from now. The last time it was this early was 1913. So if you're 95 or older, you are the only ones that were around for that. And I sort of doubt that anybody 95 years old is listening to me right now. The next time it will be a day earlier, March 22nd, will be in the year 2285 or 277 years from now. The last time it was on March 22nd was 1818, so no one alive today has ever or will ever see it any earlier than this year. The odds are considerably better for seeing a late Easter. Many people are still around from the last time Easter fell on April 25th, the latest possible date for Easter to fall on, April 25th. The last time was in 1943. And lots of you listening now will see it the next time it will fall on April 25th, which will be in the year 2038. (laughs) I'll be 83 years old then if I'm still around. Uh, How old will you be? That's 30 years from now. I'm not sure I'll even be here. And one last thing. A sweet little girl was sitting on her grandma's knee one day, and they were having a grand time. Grandma was telling her some of her favorite fairy tales when all of a sudden the little girl interrupted with a question. She asked, Granny, do all fairy tales begin with once upon a time? Grandma thought for a moment, then replied, No, sweetheart, there's a whole series of fairy tales that begin with, If elected, I promise. (laughs) So what does life bring? Well, let me put it like this. Jesus said, Whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Remember, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your age, your sex, your station in life. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Life Spring is about answering that question and the question of how and why the answer can and does affect your life today. What do you find here? Well, most of the time you'll find music, conversation, and reasons to believe. You can contact me at steve.lifespring at gmail.com or you can call the toll-free comment line at 877-433-9091. Thank you so much for being with me today. Please check out the brand new lifespringmedia.com landing page. I worked on it a long time and I'd love your comments on it. So until next time, may God bless you richly. I'm Steve Webb. Lifespring Media bringing you quality Christian and family entertainment since 2004. Brought to you in part by InTouchProductions.com.